You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tide or Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's Iron Bowl week here on the Gary Harris Show. It only comes once a year. You've got uh, the holiday season. You've got Halloween, the Iron Thanksgiving, the Iron Bowl, and Christmas. Usually in that order. That's the way it's going to work out this year. Thanksgiving on Thursday, and then the Iron Bowl on Saturday. I'm Gary Harris. Welcome into the program, and we're with you to get it kicked off this week here on Tide 100.9 FM. Noah Haynes right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First and Main Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Yeah, I want to get it kicked off in style. We're going to dive in full speed this morning with Rodney Orr at 930 and uh, start breaking it down, folks. <clears throat> Alabama's a 14.5-point favorite. But we remember two years ago, they were, I think, a 21-point favorite and and uh, very, very, very fortunate to win that game. So we know what it's like when Alabama goes to Auburn. It's an atmosphere probably, uh, well, it's like this for most <laughs> places where Alabama goes, to be honest with you. Uh, when Alabama goes to Baton Rouge or Alabama goes to Knoxville or Alabama goes to Auburn or Alabama goes to um, anywhere in this league, it it is special for that team. But this game is... Um, is uh, the one and only. I mean, it is it is for bragging rights, and it is for, um, you know, having the uh, advantage over your neighbor, sometimes even family members. You live with it 365 days a year, and um, we're going to get into it this morning, like I said, full speed. All right, I'll run down the lineup for you here in just a second, tell you what we have on tap. But first, I need to let you know that this hour of the Gary Harris Show brought to you, as always, by my good friends, and I say that with all sincerity my good friends at alabama credit union what a financial institution a beacon of integrity uh never anything other than the highest financial concern for you and your money that's what they're all about it is a non-profit alabama credit union member owned it's just different folks you you won't know until you join and you can find out more at alabamacu.com they have a very uh outstanding website in fact learn about their acu lifestyle account convenience and savings just makes life better learn more at alabamacu.com just in time for the holidays join the alabama credit union alabama credit union Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a extra change in your pocket. As I mentioned, Rod Dior from TiderInsider.com coming up at 930. We can't wait to dive in full speed with Rod and uh, jump into this Iron Bowl and uh, start breaking it down. And for Alabama, uh, the tie took care of its business, certainly on Saturday. We'll get into that in a moment. But didn't get any help as far as those teams in front of Alabama. At uh, 10.30, Casey Smith on golf. As a lot of stuff going on with the PGA Tour. And and um, the future of the professional golf game is still a little bit 
unsure of how it's going to go with Liv and the PGA Tour and some stuff happening at the highest level of the PGA, PGA Tour with some of the players, Roy, Roy McIlroy resigning from the Players uh, Tour Policy Board. Other topics to deal with there. We'll get uh, Casey's thoughts on the Iron Bow as well. As I said, your phone calls are welcome on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904. Also, Nick Saban will meet with the media today for his Iron Bow press conference at noon. And uh, players as well. And then, of course, uh, he met with the media following Saturday's blowout 66-10 to 10 win over Chattanooga. We've got some of those comments. If we have an opportunity to get to them this morning, we will. All right, uh, NFL, Bama and the NFL, always a, a hot topic. There were guys uh, doing their thing yesterday. Um, interesting last night, Kareem Jackson came off that uh, suspension. And like the third play of the game, he popped Josh Dobbs. And... Um, Lodged the uh, dislodged the football fumble recovery for the Broncos, and a lot of people on social media went nuts. Uh, and Terry McCauley, the rules official on NBC Sunday Night Football, said it should have been a, a targeting. It did not get whistled. Uh, Kareem Jackson is a vicious hitter. There's no doubt about it. Out of Alabama, 13 years now in the league and still playing at a high level. Um, but there are a lot of people who don't like the uh, the physical style of play that he represents, and you know because of the the suspensions and the fines that he's had. Um, I, again, I'm not sure the rule policy. I don't know if the NFL will review that play, even though there was no penalty called in the game. And uh, because of his history, want to suspend him? I don't know. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Tua and the Dolphins with a hard-fought win over the Las Vegas Raiders, 20-13. to 13. Uh, Calvin Ridley had a huge day. He'd been quite a quiet late with the Jags, but he went over 100 yards in receptions, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, not much happening right now. That Tennessee offense is hard to watch. Same can be said for Carolina with Bryce Young. I feel... You know, I don't feel bad for Bryce Young because he's the number one overall pick, but I feel bad that he's in that situation. The offensive line is porous, even though Bradley Bozeman from Alabama is the center overall, and I think he's played pretty well. <clears throat> the tackles are just not able to protect. Uh, they don't have any playmakers. Uh, they got thumped by the Cowboys 33-10, to 10, and, and and Bryce just can't seem to post any numbers. I mean, it, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a really fine quarterback in the NFL, but that's a that's a struggle right now for that team offensively. There's just no other way around it. Uh, yesterday, again, 16 to 29, just 123 yards. He did have a touchdown uh, and an interception in the game, uh, but they're just not generating uh, yards and not generating points. And uh, there's no other way. You know, there's no other way around it. Big one tonight: Super Bowl rematch. The Eagles are at Kansas City to play the Chiefs. That ought to be a heck of a football game right there. Staying with our Bama in the NFL theme, uh, Jamar Gibbs had another nice game for the Lions. Uh, B-Rob, Brian Robinson Jr. had a nice game for the Commanders, but they turned it over six times and lost to the Woeful Giants, 31-19. to But uh, I say this every week. All you have to do is just look around the league. You're going to see Bama guys uh, making plays in, in the middle of uh, – in the middle of stuff in the NFL. Uh, a couple other NFL notes. Uh, the Jets, uh, you know, Zach Wilson got benched in the third quarter. He was terrible yesterday as the Bills blew out New York 32-16. Uh, they're trying to – Aaron Rodgers says he's going to try to come back this season. And, 
you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. All right, getting into the Iron Bowl. Uh, before we do that, what happened on on Saturday, right? Because uh, it uh, it certainly impacts the game coming up. And uh, you know, on this side of the state, uh, in in Tuscaloosa, it was it was I don't know. You know, Alabama could they have played better? Yeah, they could have not given up a touchdown. <laughs> you know, they had a one, but but. You know, when you beat somebody, even if it's an FCS team from the Southern Conference, when you beat someone, you know, 66 to 10, then you you do what you did what you were supposed to do. And there's not really any other way to look at it. Uh, Alabama was sharp. Um, you know, if there was a negative, like I said, it was a one drive where the defense just, uh, you know, seemed to take the drive off. <clears throat> uh, but. And there was a fumble by Kool-Aid McKinstry on a punt. He fumbled. He should have fielded it in the first place. And then he fumbled it at the 10-yard line. Fortunately, Alabama got on it. Uh, but after that, Saban finally pulled the plug. I mean, he said last week after the Kentucky game that Kool-Aid was his guy. But for whatever reason, he's a great cornerback, going to make a lot of money in the NFL. It's just not happened for him on punt returns this year. He's been struggling going all the way back to the South Florida game uh, when he muffed that punt that led to South Florida's only points. And they bring in... Um, Caleb Downs, the freshman, and all he does is take one back 85 yards. So I would assume, based on what we saw Saturday, that Caleb Downs will be the punt returner at Auburn. I mean, I just think for whatever reason, Kool-Aid has struggled. He doesn't seem to have his confidence, and I don't know that I want him going down to Auburn if I'm Nick Saban and trying to catch punts in that environment. But, um, you know, the offense, Milrow just is playing at a high level. I don't I don't know what else you can say. I mean, he's just uh, he's just really leading the team both on the field in terms of his performance and he's leading the team also in terms of uh leadership and and the way he's you know conducting himself himself you know 13 to 16 for 197 yards three touchdowns no picks and that was in a half it was in, it was one half of football Ty Simpson came in I thought played well in the game four of six for 50 yards um had a had a quarterback rush for 78 yards that would have been a touchdown Noah but he, he did that thing that they all do and I just I, I'm I, you know I'm about to pull my hair out how many times on television I understand their coach to do it not to do it too but every week you see somebody dropping the ball before they cross the goal line how many times do you have to see it on social media and on television I know your adrenaline's pumping but how many times does that have to happen before you realize I'm going to cross the goal line and hand the ball to the official? I, I mean, I, I may go on a rant here because it just absolutely drives me crazy. The week before, the kid for Washington, um, on a, I guess it was a pick interception, dropped it in like the three-yard line. I mean, come on, man. And Ty Simpson's dad is... Uh, Jason Simpson is the head coach at the University of Tennessee Martin. So you know he is coached well growing up. He's coached well here. He's a smart young man. What, even with adrenaline flowing, what it motivates you to even think about dropping the ball? If you're going to drop it, run it all the way back to the goalpost. But it's like Saban said, you know, across the goal line, hand it to the official. But anyway, it was a great run, and, and they got the touchdown the very next play. Luckily, the ball went out of bounds. It was spotted, at, or, or it wasn't a touchback. So, because <clears throat> if it's a touchback, you know, it went over to uh, 
to Chattanooga, but they got it at the one-and-a-half-yard line and scored on the next play, but it was a chance to have a long, long touchdown run. Instead, it went down as a 78-yard run with no touchdown. But uh, the running backs looked great. Uh, Jam Miller, six carries for 77 yards. Uh, McClellan, six for 62. Roydell Williams, uh, and McClellan had a touchdown. Roydell Williams, seven for uh, 52 and a touchdown. Haynes, five for 42. Uh, Richard Young got in and, and, and got a touchdown. So, now there was something noteworthy. Appleberry, the running back for Chattanooga, went over 100 yards. And I, I don't know when the last time that there was a FCS player to rush for 100 yards, but it had to be a long time ago. I can tell you that. All right, before we get to the break, we got phone calls coming back on the other side. I said all that to set it up for what happened down on the other end of the state. Southeast Alabama, uh, the loveliest village on the plains, Jordan-Hare Stadium, was an embarrassing performance by the Auburn Tigers. And I listen, I've seen all the Sunday morning quarterbacks making excuses about how they prepared for Alabama and how New Mexico State's a good team and and all of that. And I, I, listen, I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm not denying any of that. I do think New Mexico State is a pretty good team. I think that that, that Jerry Kill is an excellent coach. Uh, they they're on a roll in terms of. Uh, you know that was their seventh. That was their seventh win in a row. But they've also lost to Massachusetts, Liberty, and Hawaii. And um, so let's not get carried away and turn them into the next, uh, you know, next juggernaut in college football. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is they got paid one point eight million to come to Auburn and lose the game. And not only did they win the game, it's one thing to lose if you're Auburn. You know they. They've pulled these kind of games out in the past. They probably should have lost to Jacksonville State. They won that in overtime. Should have lost to Georgia State a couple years ago. But they didn't just lose. I mean, they got manhandled. They got beat 31 to to 10 and doubled up in yardage, uh, physically whipped at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, all the, the, you know, and, and, you know, some of their – I guess it's it, it's just the nature of this game. I've I've read some Auburn people that actually say this is Auburn's best chance to beat Alabama is by losing. What? <laughs> I'm not following that logic. I'm not saying Auburn won't play well. I'm not saying they won't be ready to play and fired up. But you can't you can't undo what happened to you Saturday. And I'll tell you something else about people. Anybody time anybody in this league loses a game early in their coaching career to these, one of these type of opponents, we have to hear about Nick Saban and Louisiana Monroe. Well, that was 2007. Alabama doubled up the yardage in that game. They lost by seven points. They lost the game, and it was embarrassing. But, you know, again, I, I don't know how Auburn's going to play on Saturday, but I, I just say it for what it is. It's an embarrassing loss, okay? Period. I mean, I'm, I've read and listened to people try to justify it with – you know, all kinds of excuses. There's no excuse for that. That's not, that's not, I don't care <laughs> what you say. And, and, you know, you went to Arkansas and blew them out and you come home and get blown out by New Mexico State. So anyway, but we'll dive into the Iron Bowl. It's 916. We need to get to the break. We come back on the other side. We've got uh, Philip and we've got Tom. So you guys hold tight. We'll get to you next. And Rodney Orr coming up at 930. Keep it dialed in right here. To tie 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, it's Iron Bowl week on the Gary Harris Show. We're back after this. This season of Alabama football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment. 
the University of Alabama. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and a printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama caps senior day with a 66-10 win against Chattanooga. Head coach Nick Saban met with the media after the game. So really pleased with the way the guys, you know, came out and, you know, played today. Uh, these are the kind of games that you really want to maintain your intensity, kind of keep trying to improve, trying to get better. Um, I thought we had a pretty good week of practice, and I thought it carried over in the game in terms of our ability to execute and do the things that we need to do. And I'd say about 98% of the time we had, you know, the right intensity. There's one drive there on defense you know, where they scored a touchdown where we made a couple of mistakes and uh, made a couple other mistakes that, you know, led to big plays on their part. But for the most part, you know, I was really pleased. I thought Jalen played really, really well in the game, starting out like 10 for 10 or something. And uh, we made some explosive plays, which were designed and practiced all week based on how they play and what they do. So I'll have more in a moment. You know, in today's world, companies are looking for business partners, other companies they can depend on to help make their business successful. At the Crimson Tide Sports Network, we have found that partner in Dex Imaging. So when it comes to office solutions and a partner you can depend on, give Dex Imaging a call. For more information, go to DexImaging.com. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. Join us tonight for Crimson Tide Rewind, presented by the Alabama Department of Public Health at Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Vestavia Hills at 6 p.m. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. The universal truth of women's shoes. This industry has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meet and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter app Appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup Salad or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Increasingly cloudy and mild today. The high for this afternoon around 71. Rain and thunderstorms moving in tonight. There could be a few strong storms involved below 59. Tomorrow, cloudy and windy. Rain ending during the morning. The high 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Nine twenty one. welcome back into The Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris and Noah Haynes. It's time to jump out on the... First and Main Condos hotline and get a couple phone calls in. We're going to lead off with Philip on the Iron Bowl, and then we'll get to Tom. Good morning, Philip. Hey, good morning, Gary. Hey, Gary, I, I agree. That's a, that's a crazy environment down in Auburn. I've been to a bunch of games, Iron Bowl games down there. I've seen some uh, very good Alabama teams to some great Alabama teams struggle like crazy or or get beat down there. So anything can happen, but I think Alabama's got a, a better coach team this year as far as our standpoint, not necessarily versus Auburn, but uh, got a, a well a good coaching staff. I think there's better leadership on Alabama's team in, uh, versus last year across the board, offense and defense. So 
I think if Alabama were to go down there and lose this game Saturday, that they just didn't. They just were just just no pulse, I, and I don't think that's going to happen. I agree with everything you said. I, I really do. It's a tough place to play for Alabama. We know that they've they've lost with. Um, you know, in fact, since Saban's been here, the only time I would say that Auburn had a better team than Alabama down there was in 2007, Saban's first year. I thought Alabama was better in 2013. Definitely was better in, in 2017. And I thought we were better in 2019. And they lost those games. So uh, you have yeah. to be. And then, of course, two years ago, is, is, you know, we know it was all Alabama could do to win that one. But I'm with you. I, I You know, listen, um, it's a rivalry game. We know all the stuff that weird happens. We know Auburn was, you know, according to their their fan base, they were preparing for Alabama instead of New Mexico State and all this kind of some weird mojo about how they lost. That game's going to help them play better in the Iron Bowl. But the truth of the matter is Alabama's a better football team. And if Alabama plays well over four quarters, they're going to win the game. I mean, that's just, I mean, in my opinion, that's it's not a fact because they haven't played it yet. Philip, but if Alabama plays well, uh, they should win the game. The only thing chance Auburn has, I think, is to play outstanding and then have Alabama help them out with turnovers yeah. or you know weird plays. Right. So um, you know, and I, I just can't see it happening uh, now. You know, the next week, um, you know, it's a different animal. I think you know we we'll get to that next week. But if Alabama goes to the Georgia Dome, a Georgia Dome, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, used to go to the Georgia Dome, uh, you could play well in that game and still lose it. But uh, but first things first, I'm with you on the Iron Bowl. It's a, it's a it's a special game, and for Alabama, they need us to go down there. I think and just and just get on top of Auburn early and and just take all the life out of them and and squeeze it squeeze them out and just go ahead and 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 put it away. I think they're capable of doing that. I do too, Gary. Uh, you remember back in, in, in the Stallings era um, when the Iron Bowl? There were a couple of years there. I think there was um, two years in a row. I think that game was played on a Friday. Do you remember that? Yeah, they played it. It's been played on. It was actually played on a Friday when Curry was there. Um, was it? yeah. I know. Okay, one, yeah, one no, one I'm, I'm trying to remember the Friday games. There was. I want to say it was. 87, it was, I think it was a Friday game when Derek Thomas blocked the punt and, um, you know, had a first and goal, like the three or four yard line, and Alabama couldn't score. I, I, I'm pretty sure that was a, a Friday game. And the 92, uh, that's the game you're talking about with Stallings. That was that 92 game against Auburn, uh, the year Alabama won the national championship. That was a Friday game, I think, wasn't it, Philip? It was either a Thursday or Friday okay. game, it wasn't a Saturday game. I, I, I think it was a Friday game, and I think there were like, I think there were two in a row on Fridays, and I, I remember just not liking that at all because yeah, it was, um, uh, you know, two thirty kick, three thirty kick off my time, two thirty Tuscaloosa time, and I, it was just screwed up. It was just bad, you know. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't like that. And and the and of course another game that I, I'll never forget, and I was at this one too, and I was in the end zone where he. Well, I think he scored. I think Curtis Brown scored. He did. He did. That was ninety-five. Uh, he scored. If you'd had a replay, you would have gotten Alabama won that game. He got. He got the toe down, but in fast motion, yeah. you know, the official caught him out of bounds, and nothing you could yeah. you know, out of the end zone that you could do about it. Yeah, I looked up that game. Actually, the the ninety-two game was played on Thanksgiving. According to oh, the box score that I pulled up Thursday, November 26, nineteen ninety two. So that's what I was thinking. I, I, I knew it was either Thursday. Yeah. You're right. It's it's, yeah. been, it's been played on Thursdays and Fridays a, a few times. But I'm with you. I like it on Saturday. And um, um, 
And remember this, I'm, now that my mind, now you got my mind running. I want to say, and, and if people, listeners out there, if I'm wrong, y'all correct me, Philip, you might remember. I think that the, the 2009 game was on a Friday when out the, the year Saban won his first national championship. I think that was a Friday game down there when they had to go on the late drive. And, hey, hey, Gary, you're exactly right because I remember leaving Thanksgiving Day to go to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, but we yeah. had a hotel room. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a Friday game. So yeah, it's been on. It's been on Thanksgiving and on Friday. But I'm with you. I like it on Saturday. Hey, thanks a lot, Philip. Have a good one, man. All right, man. Good to hear from you as always. Let's get to uh, let's get to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Gary. How are you this morning? Well, uh, you you kind of uh, already hit on it. I I thought from watching Auburn play Saturday that it was obvious to me that they had been working on Alabama all week. And they thought they could out. Athlete, yeah, I think uh, they Mexico thought they could get today. by. I think that, that they thought that they could just get by. And in the I, I think that, that, that this day and age is, you know, that's more of a risk now than it used to be. Absolutely, and 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 you know, I'm not again. I'm not going to say that that New Mexico State isn't a pretty good team. They are. I mean, I think that moved them to they are uh, nine and three. And I and I like Jerry Kill. You know, he's a good coach and was at Minnesota, and uh, <clears throat> you know, went through you know. Suffered from those seizures, uh, but seems to have that um, uh, under under control. And um, and when he's healthy and can can coach a team, um, he's he's you know they were but you know they were physical. I mean, but it's like I said, it's one thing to you know if that game is is you know Auburn has matched them in yardage and it's a down of the wire game and and some fluke block punt or something and you lose, but to just kind of get dominated. It wasn't yeah, that just that they lost you. the game. They got physically they got physically whipped, man. I mean, yeah. so not preparing for that team or not, you should have a better performance than that. Now, again. I, I agree. I agree. But I do think, though, that all all uh, all signs point to the fact that they were they had their mind somewhere else. And I'm thinking oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I could be wrong. I don't think there's any – no, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Listen, you get – You know, it, Gus, it, Gus was the world's worst. If the if the season was headed not where he wanted to go, he'd scrap everything because he knew if he beat Alabama, that, that you know that's uh, oh, that's yeah. cash absolutely in the bank. that's cash in the bank. He beat him. He, 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 listen, he beat him. He beat him down there in seventeen and got a contract extension out of it. Yeah, exactly right. That's where I was going, and you you nailed it. And uh, and, and uh, you know, he freeze is. Uh, He's just like Gus in a lot of ways, and and uh, I think he thought, you know, I can really put the cherry on this season by beating Alabama. Well, here's the thing. Auburn thought they were on a roll, and maybe by the standards this season for them they were, but there's one thing to think you're on a roll. A roll, a being on a roll, Alabama's on a roll now. I will say that. When you when you go through the likes of Ole Miss and Tennessee and LSU and uh, go on the road to Lexington and win, um, but when you beat – as a, you know, I, I'm going to say Auburn's better than these teams because they beat them. But when you beat Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, I don't know that you're necessarily on a roll. <laughs> you, you just beat the three teams that are worse than you. And so I think they that that game at Arkansas, I think you're right, Tom. They they were like, man, we just blew out a team on the road in the SEC. Let's get let's let's prepare for Alabama, and we'll we'll be we'll be good enough to get by against New Mexico State. And they're not; they're just not. And they got uh, they no. got hammered. But, no, you're exactly right. But don't let it all hang out on Saturday. You know that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and, and and you know what? To that point right there, uh, let's face it. Auburn is is Alabama sends them into a different level. 
and they play above their heads most of the time. Most of the time, down there, down there. This this is the thing, Tom. And I got hit. You're right, but people say that when they come here. Outside of the Camback game um, in 2014, which was an entertaining game before Alabama won 55 to 44, it was 55 36, and Gus, you know, used every timeout he had and went for two at the end of the game to make the score better. But out, when it yeah. comes here now, it's basically it's a blowout. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. average margin of victory I, I for Saban in, in the Iron Bowl here is like I think it's like 28 30 points. But down there, yeah, down there it's good. But when it comes here, their their whole fan base seems to be around. When you come to Tuscaloosa and get blown out, yeah, but you got to come to our place next year. That seems to be their mindset. Yeah. See you, buddy. All right, buddy. All right, nine thirty one. We'll get the break. We'll come out with Rodney Orr from Tottenham dot com next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Look Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Continues, and we got Rodney Orr from TinerInsider.com, Tiner Insider TV to break it all down. Rod, I said earlier it's the holiday season. There's Halloween, Thanksgiving, the Iron Bowl, and Christmas. So it's a it's a double whammy this week with Thanksgiving and and the Iron Bowl. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Gary? Doing doing great. Excited about uh, this week and 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 this game and for Alabama have an opportunity to go down to Jordan Hare and win. Before we look ahead, let's look back at uh, Saturday for both these teams. Let's start with Alabama. I said earlier it wasn't perfect. Um, very rarely is Alabama hasn't played a perfect game this this year. In fact, but you take care of business, sixty six to ten. Um, you know, Milrow was was. Good, really good. 13 of 16 and a half for, uh, you know, 197 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, the defense outside of a, you know, couple plays in the game and one drive played really, really well. Special teams was solid. McKinstry uh, did fumble the, the punt at the 10, but they brought in downs. He takes one back 85. So you rested some guys. You played a lot of guys. You sat a couple guys out. You would think going into the Iron Bowl that this team is uh, right where it needs to be. Would you agree? Uh, well, I think certainly they're, they're, they've gotten better and better. They're playing extremely well. I mean, the last several weeks have been, uh, you've just seen kind of the maturation development of this team and, you know, a lot of individual players, you know, starting with Jalen Milrow. And I think the offensive line, you know, is really developing, continues to develop. And, 
you know, we've seen it with the receivers on the defensive side. I think you're right. I mean, again, it was Chattanooga, and everyone says, you know, you should win like that. But I think, you know, going out and doing it is another thing. And so this team seemed to be focused on Saturday. Again, there was, like you said, there was some some, some missteps, uh, bumps in the road, maybe lost a little bit of focus at, at some point during the game, but, you know, regained it and uh, played extremely well. And I think, you know, right if you're Alabama, you're, you're kind of on a high note as you head into this game. On the other side of the state, I said this earlier too, for Auburn, <clears throat> it was a disaster. And I've, and I've seen all the Sunday and Monday pundits trying to make excuses about they prepared for Alabama and New Mexico State's a really good team and Jerry Kill's a really good coach. And I agree with all that. And all that may be true, but still, you got beat 31 to 10. It wasn't like it, you know, it was a, it was a, 52-yard field goal in the final play of the game. You got doubled up in yardage. You got you got manhandled on the line of scrimmage. Say, tell it, say it for what it is. It's an embarrassing loss. Now, I, it doesn't mean that you won't come out and play better in the Iron Bowl and, you know, play with more passion, but but that was a horrible performance by Auburn on Saturday, and I don't know any other way that you can spin it. Uh, shocking. You know, I tell you why, because – you know, obviously they had won those three games in a row, and and again, it, 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 granted, it was against the three weakest teams probably in the SEC right now. Uh, but uh, the the performance at Arkansas on the road, I thought, if you were an Auburn fan, that would certainly had have had to have been very encouraging because you went up there, you scored a lot of points, you seemed to be, you know, playing well. Uh, after that game, I thought it was, should have been a real confidence boost. And you know what? I, I have no idea what they did in terms of their preparation for, for the, the game uh, against New Mexico. If they worked on Alabama most of the week, I have no idea. They certainly looked like they weren't engaged. Uh, you know, as I watched the game, I, I just felt like I was watching a team that was, you know, completely unmotivated uh, in, in a lot of ways. Just watching the players, their body language and all of that. I'm not trying to be negative about Auburn. I'm certainly just giving, you know, my impressions of what I saw. Now, you know, why was that? That's the question, and I don't really know uh, because, again, it's kind of confusing because of the the way they had been playing pretty well and going on the road the way they did at Arkansas. Now to the game for for this this week, the, the Iron Bowl for 2023. Alabama has to go to Jordan here, and I think that there is this this. Game at Jordan Harris kind of morphed into this, uh, well, you know, voodoo and, and bad luck for Alabama and all this. The truth of the matter is, Saban is four and four down there. Um, Alabama has lost some heartbreaking games there. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, when you look at the two football teams, Rodney, which is really all you can do, um, Alabama's a better team. Now, it doesn't mean <laughs> they're going to win the game. I think they were a better team in 2000 and, and 13. I thought they were a better team in 2017. I thought they were a better team in 2019, and they were a better team two years ago, and they were fortunate to win that one. But uh, Alabama's the better team, and if Alabama plays well, uh, they should win the game regardless of what Auburn does. I mean, is that, that is that the way you see it? If Alabama plays well, they're going to win the game. Yeah, usually the better team does in this series, and, and you may say, well, the better team wins most games, okay? But, you know, when you're in a rivalry, we know that anything can happen. And I know a lot of people get caught up in some of the, the emotion and the things that have happened in the past and all of those things. But, you know, those are really kind of unusual circumstances that, that take place uh, for, for, the, for the 
I guess you could say, decided underdog to, to pull off the, the win, you know, and, and there have been some of those games. We could go through many of them through the years, you know. I, I Honestly, the 1984 game, even though our, Auburn didn't have its best year when they were ranked number one in preseason, I think, uh, you know, that was a game that I would have said, no way Alabama wins, you know, a team coming in with four wins all year, and they found a way to beat Auburn. So things do happen. We know that both ways. We've seen it. Uh, but, you know, like you said, usually the better team wins, and Alabama is playing really well right now. This is a team that's extremely talented. And the thing I've said over the last few weeks, even on your show right here, is that I, I, I still think over the next couple of weeks this team has a lot of improvement that it can make. It's the potential that they have. We've seen them take these jumps every single week, and I think this this week, the way they're approaching this game and going to approach this game is just like, hey, look, we've got a lot of really big possibilities ahead. Uh, this is the next step, and it's the next step for us to improve, make a lot of improvement mm-hmm. this week, make a lot of progress in terms of, you know, how we uh, approach this game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I look at this and say, you know, if you're laying money on it, you know, you certainly would probably – uh, you know, pick Alabama. You just said something I think has been the key to this team's improvement. Uh, and again, that's what every team's trying to do, but not every team does it. Uh, but it, you said it, it's another chance to get better. That's what this team has done, Rodney. We've seen it from game to game. And now you look at where they're at after 11 games back to where they were to start the season. Uh, but it has, it didn't happen overnight. You know, they were, they, they were able to win some games when they didn't play their best, and I still don't think they played their best game. Uh, you hope it, you know, you hope you win Saturday, then you play your best game against Georgia. But this team has gotten better every week, and you can see it. Not all, you know, coaches talk about that, Ronnie. Sometimes though, you don't you don't see it. But I think even the fans look at this team and just see the improvement they take. I think they even got better against Chattanooga. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I do see that. I mean, I I think you could point out some things. I I saw some things just individually, and we've seen a few things over the last couple of weeks, and of, of, of signs of, of this team taking next steps. We've seen Milrow, obviously. Uh, yeah, I thought the run game was was really big in this last game. Uh, I thought that you know the way you saw a little extra burst out of Jace McClellan. I thought I thought we saw some different things with uh, with Roy Dell Williams when he, when he gets past that first you know the 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 uh line of scrimmage he's got some little juke to him he's got a little wiggle to him makes people miss uh you know he's starting to show more of that i think that could be really big you know down the stretch here uh so the run game looks better the offensive line looks better uh you know they're continuing to improve and you know defensively i think they've been pretty good all year i mean i really do i think they lost their focus a little bit on saturday a couple of times gave up a couple of plays but overall you know they were they were still pretty good. You know, you can't really complain. You talked about the special teams. I think Burnham's been really good. You know, Reichard got back on the, the right track with that 50-yarder that he nailed. Of course, from the press box, you couldn't tell. But, you know, people on Tighter Insider were saying this thing would have been good from 60. So I think that's an encouraging thing because, it, you, you know, you can lose some confidence. But you also talked about the return game. And, um you know, uh, Caleb Downs, that was, that was really promising, you know, the return that he had, the way he fielded all those punts. And so overall, you know, really impressed with, uh, you know, where they are and how they handled this last game. On Downs, don't you think, Rodney, that he, uh, that, that Saban now will, will go with him as the, as the punt returner on, on Saturday at Jordan-Hare based on what we saw uh, in the Chattanooga game? I, 
You know, uh, normally I would say yes, uh, and and that seems like the probably the logical answer. But then again, you know, Nick Saban is kind of, you know, he's uh, he does things a little differently sometimes uh, in terms of you know showing the confidence in his in his players, even though he pulled. You know, I guess you would call it pulled. That's the only way to say it. He pulled McKinstry and and put Downs in there. Uh, it, would I be totally shocked? I guess the way to answer your question, would I be totally shocked if McKinstry uh, was back there on um, Saturday? No, I would not, to be honest with you. But, you know, you'd, you would think, yes, Downs. But, again, I would not be surprised if we saw McKinstry. In terms of motivation for the game, and, and we know Auburn is, you know, I mean, they they really don't have anything to lose. Um, if they lose the game, everybody's just going to say, well, they should have lost the game. Uh, they're going to let it all hang out. But for Alabama, I know Saban believes the best motivation is to be prepared. And I and I, and I agree. I mean, you prepare and, and be ready to play the game. But do you think he will use um, what happened down there two years ago? Uh, a lot of the players on this team were on that team. Or he'll talk about, the difficulty that Alabama has had, t- had at times dealing with that environment. And maybe even he'll, he might say, Hey, listen, this is how badly we want to win this game. They didn't even prepare for their last opponent. Uh, they didn't, they didn't even prepare. And they, they suffered an embarrassing loss just for the opportunity to beat you. How do you think he approaches, you know, being prepared and doing what you need to do to get ready to play the game. But then in terms of the motivational side of it, do you think he uses any of that kind of stuff? Well, I, I think what you said there about maybe, Saying, look, this is this is this is what it means to that team. So you know, you be ready. We we've got to be ready mentally because we're not going in there playing a team that just lost by three touchdowns to New Mexico State. In terms of what their mental state is going to be against us, okay, it's going to be totally different. So we have to be prepared for that. You know, we have to be mentally prepared for that. Uh, I wouldn't personally, if it were me, I wouldn't start talking about. Okay, let me tell you about all the problems we've had down there. Okay, because that's to me that's planting a negative seed uh, in these players. Uh, you know, we just got to say, hey, look, you know, this is the expectation. Don't expect them to lay down. They're going to play their best game of the year, and that's what we have to expect is that they're going to be prepared to play their best game of the year, and we need to be prepared too. Big picture, Rodney, for Alabama because, you know, the Iron Bowl is an important game, but it is just another step to where Alabama wants to go. And more often than not, there have been times, obviously, and, and recently where Auburn had big picture goals, but usually uh, for Alabama, it, it's it's post-Iron Bowl. And for Auburn, the Iron Bowl is the, the crescendo of the season, and that's the way it'll be this year. But for Alabama, uh, they're probably going to be eighth again in the college football playoff rankings when they come out tomorrow night. Um I still believe if Alabama runs the table, they're going to get in the playoff. But you know, you're sitting there Saturday after Alabama takes care of business, and and you know, I said this. I think I sent you a text that said, "This is what happens when you're dependent on you know programs like Oregon State and Iowa State to do work for you. You just can't count on it." Um, Oregon State had a chance to beat Washington and lost. Uh, Iowa State lost to Texas. Um, so you know, I, I guess Rodney, it's still, even though that's, <clears throat> pardon me, even though that's lurking for Alabama, you just have to. <laughs> they have to continue just to play these games one at a time, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, you have to let it play out. I mean, obviously, you don't win, it doesn't really mean anything anyway. So you've got to be able to focus on, you know, this game right here. And then after that, hopefully, yeah, you you're, have a successful result in this one. And then you move on to the next one. You hopefully have to play your best game, and you will play your best game, uh, you know, in, in that one. 
and then you put yourself in a position. All you can really do right now is let's put ourselves in a position to have this success and to, you know, to, uh, you know, have these opportunities, because if you don't put yourself in that position, then it really doesn't matter. Where do you stand on, on this deal? Uh, do you think about it at all? Do you, do you think that like some have said that if somebody doesn't lose in front of Alabama or enough teams lose that Alabama could literally go 12 and one beat a Georgia team. That's you know going to be on a 29 game winning streak. Hadn't lost in two years since you beat them. That do you think there is a scenario that could play out where Alabama could do all this and not get in the college football playoff? I don't think it's a hundred percent if they beat Georgia that they're that they're in. Uh, you know, a hundred percent means it's 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 there's no way that they wouldn't be. And I do think there is. And again, I haven't looked at all the scenarios or whatever. Uh, but you know, I, I just for example, I would really hate if it came down to a debate between Alabama and Texas. Because, uh, you know, first of all, Texas is a powerful program. I mean, they've got a great brand. Uh, you know, there's no question about that. They came in here. They beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa by 10 points. I get it. It was early in the year. It was very early in the year. The teams right now, it's, it's totally different. But at the same time, if they win the Big 12 and they just have that one blemish with Oklahoma and they could say, look, we lost that game in the final 15 seconds of the game. We had the game won. You know, we lost it in the final 15 seconds. We went to Tuscaloosa. We beat Alabama by 10 on their right. home turf. They have a they have an argument. You know, they have an argument if it came down to that. So to answer your question, uh, I'm not saying what would happen, but I'm saying, yeah, I mean, I think there is a way where they could potentially get left out. Uh, I would say if you put a percentage on it, it would be, I would say, much greater that Alabama would get in than the odds that they would not. All right, Rodney, before we wrap it up, uh, any recruiting buzz coming out of, uh, you know, even though it was a lopsided game this, this weekend and heading into the Iron Bowl, what's, uh, what's happening there? You know, I really haven't heard anything new in terms of, you know, something potentially happening real soon. Again, now watch this afternoon, something will happen. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, Gary, they're just, they're really down to the, to the end of this thing, uh, you know, where they are. And we've talked about all the players that they're, they're in on, uh, still in on, and, you know, hopefully would like to finish with a running back, whether it's Daniel Hill or Keewan Lacey or, or someone else. And, you know, obviously Jordan Seaton's a big, uh, targeted offensive tackle. You know, you, you want to get some defensive linemen. We've mentioned several of those, whether it's Elias Williams out of Hudson, Florida, or Dylan Evans, who's committed to Texas A&M, is going to visit in early, uh, you know, early December. So, you know, those are just some of the names. And like I said, and I continue to say, I also think Alabama's going to work the portal pretty good. Uh, you know, at, at, at uh, when the, when it comes open. And lastly, Rodney on on Saban. I mean, again, all we can do is cover the guy uh we don't get really close access but we do get to go to the games and be in press conferences and things like that and my observation is i mean i just watching him he looks like he's this season has aged him in reverse i mean he he is the way he's coaching right now um the enjoyment that you're seeing that he's having with this team i i mean going into the year i had some questions too you know uh after the way last season uh, didn't work uh, for Al by Alabama standards, but watching this team and watching him coach, it just feels to me like watching him recruit. It just feels to me like he's still in the middle of a run here. I, I just don't sense. I don't sense any slowdown at all. Do you? 
No, I really don't. Uh, like you said, I mean, I think he, he, he's really – this team has probably rejuvenated him by the way they've responded. You know, again, there was some difficulties early in the season, but the attitudes have obviously been really, really good. He's, I think he's got some really good leaders on on this team, you know, that have emerged. And Jalen Milrow, first and foremost among them, in my opinion, you know, the way he's developed and, uh, you know, his great story. I think he's led this team. I think it, it's his attitude uh, that has really rubbed off on, on this team. He's a great great competitor even when people you know a lot of people ruled him out or or questioned him you know and he he had some questionable moments you have to be honest when you evaluate it Uh, but at the same time he did not allow that to affect him so I think all of those things certainly uh, contribute to what you said I think Nick Saban is is uh, really feeling good about the way this team has responded all right uh, Ronnie is going to make his uh prediction tomorrow night and uh, i will as well on titv and rod i i guess there just won't be anything happening on uh com this week it'll be kind of quiet don't you think <laughs> well they're they're already rolling this morning a lot of a <laughs> lot of it about this game obviously and then the in the future possibilities but yeah tighterinsider.com it's only 48 dollars a year you can get instant access with your credit card or if you prefer there is an address there to send a check gives y'all our premium information but also our all sports forum. You mentioned that our community of Alabama fans never really stops right there on tighterinsider.com. Thanks a lot, Rod. Okay, buddy. Take care. All right. Nine fifty three. Hey, reminder that, uh, Thanksgiving's here quick this year. And, uh, Friday, of course, black Friday sales everywhere, including T-Town menswear, T-Town gallery, and university mall, Tom and the folks there, everything in the store. If you buy one item at regular price, you get the second item, uh, uh, Similar item at half price. That's everything in the store. Clothing and also that Alabama memorabilia. Buy one item at full price. Get the same item at half price if you buy a second one. So can't beat that. Black Friday sale at T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery in the University Mall, of course, coming up on Friday. We'll come back to wrap up this hour of the Gary Harris Show right after this. They're back. The Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Increasingly cloudy and mild today. The high for this afternoon around 71. Rain and thunderstorms moving in tonight. There could be a few strong storms involved, the low 59. Tomorrow, cloudy and windy. Rain ending during the morning, the high 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 61 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 957. That's going to close it out for the first hour. Thanks to Rodney Orr from TideInsider.com. Casey Smith on golf coming up at 1030. More of your phone calls. It's Iron Bowl week. We'll get to some of the Nick Saban clips from Saturday. And uh, we've got another big hour coming up right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Thanks to Alabama Credit Union for bringing you the first hour. Hour number two is on the way. Keep it dialed in. This is Old Colony Golf Courses, an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
from the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. On Sunday Night Football, the Broncos knocked off the Vikings 21-20 thanks to a touchdown pass from Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton with about a minute to play, snapping Minnesota's five-game winning streak, while Denver has now won four straight after starting the year 1-5. and five. After the Jets benched Zach Wilson during the third quarter of their loss to the Bills, Coach Robert Sala was noncommittal about sticking with Wilson for the first time this season. Sala said he'll make a decision on Monday after watching film. Short week for New York. They've got the Dolphins on Friday. Other finals in the NFL, the Lions scored 17 in the fourth quarter to beat the Bears 31-26. 49ers handled the Buccaneers 27-14 behind a big day from Brock Purdy, 333 yards and three touchdowns as San Francisco improves to 7-3. Cowboys also 7-3 as they blew out the Panthers 33-10. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. There is a slight one in five risk for strong to severe thunderstorms, including a small tornado potential between 10 p.m. tomorrow night and 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. A wind advisory also is in effect from 7 tonight till 7 a.m. with wind gusts upwards of 40 miles per hour. Brian Carroll Christian has been reported as missing. His last known location was Brown Road in northwest Tuscaloosa County. If anyone has information about the young man known as Corky, contact the Tuscaloosa County Sheriff's Office or his family. For the latest local news. News in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV. Crimson Tide Kickoff. Play-by-play for Alabama Sports and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC. Phones are backed up. We're going to get to phone calls. First, though, I need to tell you this hour, the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by my friends Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. The commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they mean it. I can vouch for both of these gentlemen. If you're in West Alabama and you need a personal injury attorney, you need Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. You can reach Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Toll free from anywhere, 866-507-9091. Find out more at pattersoncomerlawfirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. We kicked off the first hour with Yay Alabama just to get us in the in the mode of uh, the Iron Bowl Thanksgiving. What a week it's going to be. And right now the phones are lit up. So let's start off the second hour. We're going to take them in the order that they came in. And Tony from Birmingham is going to lead us off. Then it'll be Franny and then it'll be Aaron. All right. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Gary. You doing okay? Yes, sir. Excellent. Um, just uh, play a little hypothetical with you because uh, it almost happened, and I would I would have uh, sat back and 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 wondered what they were going to do uh, tomorrow night. Um, what if? Where do you think the committee would have dropped Washington had they lost? Uh, if the scores were reversed, they went by two. Yeah, you know, let, me, let, me, let me let uh, me uh, if Washington had lost, I think they would have dropped. All the way down to 
Nine. Okay. Now. Or maybe uh, even there. Maybe yeah, I think they would have dropped to nine. I think I think uh, uh, Louisville would be ahead of them. Yeah, I, I, nine is what I'm going to say they would have dropped to had they lost. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that a, a lot of people would agree with that, including myself. But according to the committee, head to heads to count, right? So how could you dare drop them below Oregon? Uh, I see what you're saying. I. listen you're gonna have me in a quandary and i'll tell you why tony and you probably already picked (laughs) up on this this is not my strength i I love games i love you know i i've got a pretty good handle on history of college but as far as as analyzing this committee and and what they're looking for and the criteria i'm i'm not very good at it so would you um would you gary would you do it differently if, if you were in charge, the czar of college football, would yeah, you I would. use the I, computer first all, model to pick? I, I think that what they say they're supposed to be doing is what they need to be doing. The, the whole thing is it's supposed to be the four best teams. And, and again, I understand record is important, but there's more criteria than just record for the four best teams. And I listen, I'm glad we're going to expand it. I wish we were just going to eight instead of 12. I think eight this year would mm-hmm. be dynamic, wouldn't it? I'd just love to see eight versus oh, one, yeah. seven versus two, six versus three, and five versus four. But I just think if it's truly about getting the four best teams, then record is, is a strong criteria. Head-to-head is a strong criteria. But the four best teams in November and December – might not have been the four best teams in September or October. And I just, uh, I've no, always lived by that. I, think, I thought that's why Alabama was able to get in in 2017. And even Georgia, two years, Georgia lost. The, I know they were a great team, but they lost the SEC championship game. The, they lost mm-hmm. to Alabama and got in. You know why? Because they were one of the four best teams. So I just think yeah. at the end of the day, for me, all the analytics, all the scheduling, all that, you know, I, I hate to say I test, but what do you honestly believe in your heart are the four best teams in college football? That's, that's to me, if I'm, if I'm on that committee, at the end of the day, that's what I'm living by. I'm saying I think these are the four best teams, regardless of who beat who, regardless of their schedule, regardless of when they played. I'm, these are, in my opinion, are the four best teams. But that's way too simplistic of approach. They'll, nobody will right. ever look at it like that, that unfortunately. Well, um, Knowing you've only I know got one vote, the- that's the way I would do it. Yeah, I, and I know I'm putting the cart before the horse. Up. Look, beating Georgia right now is going to be a, a, monumen- a monumental Absolutely. task. They're, great team. They're playing great football, and if I was a betting man, I would bet they beat Alabama. Uh, and I hate to say that. I, I do because I, I think Alabama obviously matches up well with them. Um, but, man, they they played some really good teams recently, offensively especially, and just Gary beat their eyes shut. And, um, you know, it, it – they remind me so much of an Alabama team, 15, uh, possibly even 9, maybe even 12. They just – they lull you to sleep, and the next thing you know, you're maybe two touchdowns down, but it feels like five yep. because you just can't do anything with them. But, and, and I think they're playing well at the right time as well. It, it's going to be a good net game, and, it, and if, it, if uh, you know, I think we'll play well against Auburn. And, and Gary, I, I, look, we don't lose to Auburn unless we help Auburn a lot. Uh, you know that I think Auburn melted in this past Saturday. To be honest with you, and and they did, Gary. That wasn't a fluke. That team beat them in every statistical category you can have. Manhandled them. Yes, they did. Uh, and and that was that was shocking to me the way they beat them up front on both sides. And um, and really, 
Gary, without a few penalties, it could have been worse. Hey, um, I, I think that was so impressive. Tony, I'm thinking, you know, and I know uh, uh, Selman over there at, uh, at Mississippi State's one of these new wave young ADs, but, uh, and mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, and he doesn't pass the looks test and he's had the problem with the seizures. But if you're Mississippi State, maybe, maybe Jerry Kill on line one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just and, and, and Gary, he, he, he looked, he, he looked like he just got out of the, the hunting stand and said, yeah, yeah I'm getting out of the street and I got to go coach the game. I'll be back in a little bit. That's what he loved, but he can, so, coach, he can coach some football. You got him right, he can. And he's got high level experience in Minnesota. Hey, well, thank you, Tony. It, Go yes, ahead, sir. One more point. Uh, you got one more point. I uh, tell. He, he's got Hugh Freeze's number two. He's absolutely. He does. beat Hugh Freeze's. I mean, he really has. Took All him right, the have a good game. Last year, took him to the woodshed on Saturday. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Good call as always. Let's get to uh, Franny, and then we'll get to uh, Aaron. Good morning, Franny. Hey, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks a lot. You too. Uh, my favorite Iron Bowl memory was '85. I was in the end zone when Van Tiffen fifty-two the field goal. As you know, uh, quadriplegics that are in wheelchairs got to sit on that ramp. I remember uh, it very well. I sure do. Home. I had a real good view of that. Now, now the '09 game was on a Friday. 2010 was also. You're right. The, yeah, you're right. The cam the camback was on Friday too. Yeah, yeah. And what and then, uh, now, Tell me out though, Franny. What '92 was on Thanksgiving, right? Uh. I believe that was the Friday after. I thought it was the Thanksgiving for some reason. I, I thought uh, that game was on a. I'm gonna double check that. I, I'm okay. It might have been on the Friday, but I know. And okay, I think it, but and I was, was it the '87 game? Wasn't that on a Friday as well? I'm not sure about okay, that. All right, sorry. I, I would tell you, I was at the '91 game. It was Auburn's home game. They had Auburn in Legion Field painted yeah. in the. Ends on the Legion Field. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of weird. Yeah, well, they went back there after, you know, as Di said, they had to throw Alabama, uh, you know, a toy, to, a sandbox or whatever, to get them back there one game. Hey, speaking of that that ninety that 85 game, because I was there, too. That's when I was here in Tuscaloosa the first time. I was shooting video for the Ray Perkins show. And uh, people forget the fact, and it's crazy, but it's true, is that Kevin Porter was off offsides on that play and had had, oh, yeah. had Tiffin missed it uh, Alabama would have he would have got another crack from 47 now it doesn't matter he made it from 52 he was so far offsides in fact that I think he he almost like jumped too soon <laughs> but yeah. uh, but anyway but that was a that was a heck of a field goal because you know we were used to guys making 52 54 55 yarders now at 58 but those days you know 52 yarder on the last play of the game even though the goalposts were wider that was some kind of kick <laughs> And I also want to tell you, Mike Shula doesn't make that block on that reverse. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Albert Bell never gets that first down. That's a that's a fact. I mean, that is a fact. And then Greg, yeah, Richardson, he, and then Greg Richardson getting out of bounds. Yeah, he laid him out. Yeah, he sure did. I want to say, was, <laughs> was that Benji Rowland that he hit? I can't remember who it was. Uh, but. It might have been him or Rock. Uh, was Rocker still there? Rocker was there, but I want to say, um, yeah. anyway. But it was you're right. It was a great block, and that was just that yeah. was an incredible. That was an incredible football game, back and forth, and and uh, Bo and Jelks, and yeah, some kind of some kind of game. Great memory. I'm go- 
I'm glad it's on campus now, but I do miss the 50-50 at Legion Field. I've always missed it. And that again, I'm with you. That's not a knock on it being on campus, but I always love that atmosphere at Legion Field 50-50, man. You're right. It was uh it was it was unbelievable. You you've made me think of something. I think on Wednesday, I think on Wednesday I'm gonna do Iron Bowl memories. I want everybody to call in with their Iron Bowl memories because before you know, that's my final yeah. show before things. All right, take it easy, my friend. Thanks, Franny. Good stuff. All right, let's get to uh let's get to Aaron. Good morning, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron doesn't like to hold. I've, Aaron, listen, if you're, uh, if you are, you got tired and, and didn't want to hold, if you'll call back in, we will get you on uh, in the next in the next segment. You'll be the lead off. Sorry, I have to go in the order in which they come in. Yeah, I've, I've, Aaron likes to get on right when he calls in. So, Aaron, call us back if you want to get on. All right, it's 12 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. I do think on Wednesday we're going to invite you to call in with your Iron Bowl memories uh, the entire, entire show, you know, and it doesn't have to be just one game. I mean, it's easy to say, well, what's your best Iron Bowl? But there's a lot, you know, like I said, for me, and I got a couple minutes here before we hit the break, I love going down memory lane. As I've said before, um, being uh, nomadic as a kid, uh, almost gypsy-like, you know, being born in Miami, Florida, and by the time I was in third grade, I, I probably had gone to, I don't know, 10 schools, uh, <laughs> had, had, had lived in Florida, Alabama, Texas, Michigan, Mississippi, um, Gosh, and we'd stop, you know, just all over the place. But the one common denominator for me was I was a huge sports fan, even as a little kid. And I always would gravitate toward teams that were close to where I lived. You know, living in Texas, I, I liked the Cowboys. When I was up in Michigan, um, I liked the Lions. And I even liked Michigan State for some reason. I liked Duffy Doherty it was over Michigan when I was living there. Uh, Dolphins, because I was born in Miami. So I always had geographical ties. But my dad was originally from Tallahassee, Alabama. And no matter where we and we lived in Mobile, we lived in slap out for a while. <clears throat> I mean, I can tell some stories now about, you know, I mean, some some years I might go to, gosh, um, three or four schools in, in one, one, one calendar year. But, uh, but the common denominator was that Alabama football was, as far as sports, that was about all he had much of an interest in. Uh, so I always was aware of Alabama football, but the first Iron Bowl that I can remember, and we were living... Um, down in Mobile, I think, um, was the 71 game when Johnny Musso ran wild. That game was on TV. So I remember watching that game. So my Iron Bowl memories go back to 71. Of course, 72. At that year, I think, I don't know where we were living. Um, but um, that wasn't on TV, the, the punt, Bama punt game. So mine go back to 71. I can remember. And after that, I can remember pretty much all of them. 73, 74, 75. 75, of course, was... Uh, Shug's last year, um, you know, and, and of course, you know, 315 game uh, in 81, um, you know, 79 was a tough game. You know, Doug Barfield had some talented teams at Auburn. Uh, he never beat Coach Bryant, but he had uh, but he had some talented teams and some, you know, they had, you know, James Brooks and, and, and William Andrews and Joe Cribbs. Of course, Joe Cribbs from Sullivan wanted to go to Alabama, I think. But, um, and, you know, then, of course, when Dye got there, uh, you know, the tide turned, pardon the pun. I mean, 81, Coach Bryant was able to hold off Auburn and come back and win that game. But in 82, you had Bo over the top. And then in 83, 
Auburn beat Alabama again, but 84, Alabama, uh, as Ronnie alluded to, a mega upset. More like, more like the kind of games where Auburn beats Alabama. 84, Auburn. Alabama had no business being on the field with that Auburn team, but they won the game. And then 85, the Van Tiff, and then 86, the Lawyer Tillman reverse, and then Auburn won four in a row. Uh, 86, 87, 88, 89, and then Stallings won three in a row, 90, 91, 92. And then after that, it's kind of been back and forth until Tuberville won on that row. But 93, Auburn won down there. 94, um, Alabama won in Birmingham, uh, 95, Auburn won down there, 96, Stallings last Iron Bowl, Alabama won in Birmingham, 97 was the Ed Sissom fumble game at Auburn, Alabama should have won that game as a big underdog, 98, Alabama won in Birmingham, 99, uh, Alabama finally won at Jordan-Hare. And uh, then in 2000, Auburn won here. 2001, Franchoni and, and uh, Santonio Beard, and then those guys just ran Auburn out of Jordan-Hare. But that's when the streak started. The next year, Alabama had a better football team. But it was... It was ha- it was happening as far as what was going to go on with Fran, and I think the Alabama laid an egg in two thousand two, and then of course Auburn won in th- two, three, four, five, six, and seven until Saban got here, and you know know it from there. All right, we're going to get to the break. Uh, of course, two thousand eight, thirty six to nothing, and Saban's only lost to him once here in Tuscaloosa, and that was an incredible comeback by Cam Newton, the great football team. Auburn won the national championship in two thousand ten. With a phenomenal team. We'll get to the break. We're going to come back and get uh, rolling up in Guntersville, talking Iron Bowl, the present game, past games. All week we're going to be doing it. Casey Smith on golf coming up at 1030. So we'll get to rolling in Guntersville on the other side. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This Alabama football season. 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Did you? I 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Increasingly cloudy and mild today. The high for this afternoon around 71. Rain and thunderstorms moving in tonight. There could be a few strong storms involved, the low 59. Tomorrow, cloudy and windy. Rain ending during the morning, the high 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1020, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And I uh, want to keep talking to you about my friends at the YMCA because today is a special day. That brand new cardio, cardio equipment I've been talking about is being delivered and set up today. Now, cardio equipment won't be available today. You can still use the Wellness Center, uh, but it'll be ready by tomorrow. Uh, it'll have individual TV screens, on-demand fitness programming, streaming, and Bluetooth capability. Uh, installing today, it's going to be unbelievable, that new cardio equipment at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. Get by and try it out, and you've got the... Uh, YMCA Community Open Doors Wellness Week beginning November 27th through December 2nd. You can try out the Y for free, anybody in the community. The YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street, downtown. All right, let's jump out on the First of Main Condos hotline and welcome in Roland from over there at beautiful Lake Guttersville. Hey, Roland, what's going on, man? Hey, Gary. Uh, 
Did you happen to see uh, watch the Oregon State Washington game? I watched. Yes, I watched most of that game. I sure did. I was. Did you Did you not think the last two minute play calling was horrible? For well, I, I I did uh, because I I just uh, I, I understand what they were trying to do. Um, you know, because they got the ball back at like the thirteen yard line with what was it six or seven minutes still to go in the game, Rowan? I think right around yeah, there. Yeah, there's and a there's a around midfield. They uh, still what a minute and thirty forty seconds to go. And uh, you got to know where you're on the ball. Well, too, on, on it was almost field. like it was almost like they just decided that we're going to try to get it in position to kick a field goal, or even better. But we're going to run all the clock out, so we didn't. We're not going to leave any time for Washington in case we score. The problem is they ran so much clock down, and when they didn't make it on fourth down, the game was basically over. You know what I mean? Well, my my problem was they had the ball uh, around the 45 yard line with a minute and what 30, 40 seconds to go. You need a field goal, right? Right. The field goal is what you need to go ahead. Win the game, yeah. Uh, and on third and four or third and five, you throw a long pipe down field. toward the sideline, yep. miss it. On fourth down, you throw a ball downfield and miss it. Would you not? Uh, and you don't want to score too quick. You don't give Washington a chance to kick a field goal and win it. So, you, you, I mean, you run the ball. No, I'm the with first you. Down. I'm focused on getting the first down at that point. You're right. And I tell you, you got, if you're right. If you got two downs to pick up four or five yards, focus on getting another first down. Uh, and I think they had. I think they had a couple of timeouts, too. No, I'm with you. I, I thought I was time, yeah. poorly managed. And, of course, at the end of the day, that um, – you know, that first half bad snap by the snapper on the punt that led to a safety was the difference in the game. But, yeah, Oregon State was good enough to beat Washington. Uh, but they, you know, they just couldn't make the plays to do it. And I wonder, of course, it rained on both teams. But Oregon State yeah. has a lot of those little small, quick, wide receivers. And Washington has the more right. bigger, physical wide receivers. I think the rain impacted Oregon State more than it impacted Washington, in my opinion. But regardless, they could didn't happen. win, you know. I want to make a, a, a um, standing on the uh – playoffs and all that i'm we on the committee uh i think his committee is horrible i think it's probably one of the worst committees we've ever had and my problem with it is you need to get football people in there you don't need to get people that's uh managers uh gyms and everything on the committee you need people that you need coaches you need athletic directors you need people that's knowledgeable of football and you know if they're not going to go after the four best teams just go away with and go back to what it used to be you know, let the computers pick the top four teams. But, you know, you got people that want to put a team on there because, well, they, you know, and still cause the best team because they deserve to be there. No, you don't deserve to be there. If, you, if you're not the best team, it's for the four best teams. And I think that was outlined when they first started all this stuff. And uh, I'm like you. I like the 18 better than 12 team, but I'm, 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 I'm it's not about the 12 teams because I think it gives us more football games and, you know, hopefully some good games and all that. But uh, this, like I say, this committee, I just, I just don't like this committee. I, I don't. I'm like Ryan Fowler. I don't trust this committee one bit, and I think it's the worst committee we've had. Well, I certainly am not very high on them right now either, because everything that I that I hear and read and see from them just speaks of of politics. I mean, I I think it's it's it, it looks like they're trying to get a a representation of the four teams that they think maybe deserve to be there over the fact that you just need to try to pick the four best teams, regardless of, you know, at the uh, end of the day, I mean, if, end of the year, if you think that the four best teams are Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio State, put them in. Uh, I go know. to my grave. I go to my grave believing Alabama won the four best teams last year. They probably no. were. They, they were. I, and I will say this. 
when you, even though I think I do agree with you, I think Alabama was a four, one of the four best teams. I think they're the only team that probably could have beaten Georgia. But when you don't, when you lose twice, though, it's it's harder to make that argument. But with one loss, and like I've said before, Roland, if they're able to navigate through Jordan Hare on 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 Saturday and then beat Georgia, which would be the best win in college football, nothing else even close, and be twelve and one and nine and zero oh in the SEC, and you, if you can't if if you can't get in, yeah, that's a joke. My opinion. SEC champions, I'm not going to get left out at 12 and 1. I just don't see it. I'm like you. I, I don't live in that world. Me either. <laughs> but unfortunately, okay. you know, hey, unfortunately, that committee, they may, they may, they may really do live in a different world than us. So, uh, yeah, they may do it. But, you know, well, Gary, that's all I got this morning. You have a good Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you again. For Thanks, Rowan. You too, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Uh, 1026 here on the Gary Harris show and phone lines are open for another minute or so. If you call in, we can get you through. Uh, then we're going to have to hit the break and um, get, come back with Casey Smith on golf. We'll talk golf, but we'll also talk, uh, we'll talk some football with him as, as well. All right. One other thing um, on, on the Saturday games with Alabama getting, getting no help from anybody ahead of them. One interesting development and it's, it's a sad development Florida State, you know, was down 13-3 at one point against North Alabama, the, the Lions uh, from UNA up in Florence. Uh, you know, they came back to, to win that game and actually ran it up uh, trying to get style points. But in that game, Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis uh, as it was lost for the season with a lower left uh, leg injury. It was a, one of those really ugly injuries in that you don't want to watch it, uh, what happened to his leg. And um, that changes their team to some degree, but... They're still a really good team, and uh, they did wind up hanging, like I said, 58 on UNA in that game. But they were down – actually, they were down 13 to nothing when it happened. But he um, – you know, he is their starting quarterback. It does change their team to, to some degree. And, um, you know, it's – it's you just hate it. You hate to see anybody go down with with – a season-ending injury, whether it's your team or anybody else's. But we'll see how Florida State handles that going forward. And they got to play Florida. And, you know, Florida Florida did it again. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory up in uh, Columbia. They had that game one against Missouri, gave up a fourth and 17, and then let them go down the field with no timeouts and kick a field goal to beat them. But uh, they're capable. I mean, they're capable. They beat Tennessee. They've, they could have beaten, probably should have beaten um, Missouri. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. And then Florida State will have to play Louisville in the ACC championship game because I don't have to tell you. It helps Alabama if Florida State loses. I mean, that's just a fact. You know, that's just the way it is. All right, 1028, we're going to get to the break. And uh, we're going to come back with uh, Casey Smith on golf next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Patterson covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. (laughs) 
10.32, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Time to talk golf with Casey Smith on golf. And also, we're going to talk Iron Bowl, too, with Casey, obviously, this week. Because it's, uh, it's Iron Bowl week. But, man, there's so much going on in golf off the course. And that's why I like having Casey on every week, because I can't keep up with it. I can't really track it. But um, I do think it's going to be a really, really fun year in 2024. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I agree. I think we're going to have a great year in 24. We finally get a rebalance. Uh, PGA Tour calendar and really tour calendar in general. So I'm very excited about 2024. All right. I want to start with off the course news, as I alluded to, and, and big news with uh, Roy McElroy uh, resigning from the uh, PGA Tour's policy board. And I listen, Rory, who has been the staunchest defender of the PGA Tour up there with Justin Thomas, Tiger, all of them has, I don't know, it's been an odd going back to the Ryder Cup, kind of an odd couple of months for him. And now he's distancing himself. It's reportedly he's going to be replaced by Jordan Spieth. Is that what you hear on the second part of that? And on the first part, what went into Rory uh, deciding to to resign his spot? Yeah, so I I gather that um, he has a personality conflict with a major personality conflict with Patrick Cantlay. Um, that wasn't just hat gate. Uh, they just right. don't get along very well. And Patrick Cantley is on the board. Patrick Cantley is a very, you know, critical thinker, deep thinker. Um, it's very brilliant guy. And, um, you know, I think Rory's got two, you know, he's got a young family at home. He, he's playing still both tours a, a little bit. You have to, to play on the European Ryder Cup team. And then he's got the TGL venture among many other investments. So, um, it was, you know, a, a variety of, of stuff that probably caused him to do that. And um, he, uh, you know, he's done a lot for them. And he probably put himself out there way too far. He probably, really, I'm sure if he looks back on it, would have uh, chosen to not say some of the things he said. Um, I, I don't know with him backing out the day after they've announced some of the framework agreements, if that has anything to do with how that's going to go. He, you know, he was anti-PIF and LIV. And so maybe it's because they're probably going to get a deal done. I don't see how they don't get a deal done. But um, it's also interesting that Liv has not released their schedule. They're they're in free agency right now. Mm. And so in concert of all of these moving parts, you know, Brooks Kepka, I've read five things where and heard three others where he's very frustrated because they haven't released their schedule. He's trying to plan is playing to the majors, and, and um, so I don't know. You know, you'd have to think the reason why they haven't released their schedule is there's potentially some type of deal going to get done where mm-hmm. they try to play together more later in the year next year, I would say after Tour Championship. So it, it's insane what's going on uh, in the world of golf off the course. And then the TGL that uh, Rory and Tiger launched together was among a ton of other high-profile investors. I mean, Professional athletes all around are involved in uh, that TGL uh, indoor simulator league. The roof collapsed. I was going to go there with you next, man. What does that mean for 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 this deal? I mean, I was in a they a thing on Friday, and they. I mean, they, how are they? I mean, there's so much technology in what was in that roof. All of the Jeez. whole thing was built on technology, right? And so it's not just uh, hey, that's a dome. Well, the way that they've censored this and, you know, they're going to have real grass indoors they bring out and all the balls are censored and chipped to make it as virtual, you know, real for the viewer as possible. And then the roof collapsed. I was actually leaving that area last week when we were doing radio. I was leaving there on Tuesday. It collapsed on 
overnight, and there was bad storms there. I mean, my flight was delayed out. So uh, interesting how that happened. But they're 50 days away from launching, and I don't see how they play. And I also don't see how there's been a lot of money put involved. The, uh, put, in, put into this, the investors, there are all a lot of these professional athletes, Steph Curry's, Matt Ryan's, um, um, and Arthur Blank's, you know, you name it. They've all put up a lot of money. Uh, and, um, they want, you know, they're going to want to return on their money. Such a mess for them to start with that. Uh, I would say given the Mondays they're limited to playing on and the tour schedule, I mean, it's just a mess, right? I mean, there's no way they can start that. And, and then they're going to have to only make it up on Mondays. So, well, here's the crazy, crazy too, is this facility was built specifically for this purpose. Am I, am I right? Yes, sir. That, that's right. It, it was. It was, and it's built. And they said on, it had some on. kind of power outage. What the heck? I mean, I, I guess my question is: in this world of technology we live in, how in the world does this happen? I, was was it sabotage? I mean, what 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 in the world happened? I, that's that's what I, you just wonder what's going to happen. I, I I heard technology, heard power, heard weather. I've heard a little bit of everything. Is all behind it, and um, I you know I don't know. That's a total mess. They built they built it on a college campus. And, uh, and then, you know, the roof collapses, and now they have to go, well, if that happened once, now we've got to build this a lot more secure. So Jeez. that league may not launch until 2025. Yeah, I, I think they aren't the players, right, yeah. based off 2023's season. So those players may not play as good, and your team may not. I mean, complete mess with that. Um, and, and, you know, there's still a lot of golf going on. Uh, that those guys can play and all of us viewers can watch. Yeah. That was that was really more of an investment opportunity. Yeah. They were all trying to cash in on some big bucks. Yeah, staying with off the course, though, um, John Rahm had already pulled out of, of the TGL League, just saying that he, you know, didn't want to make the commitment to it. And then he was also asked about a reporter, by a reporter, about his interest in being on the PGA Tour policy board. And he said no interest at all. So there's been some conjecture and discussion that you know Rahm's loyalty to the PGA Tour might not be you know what what it needs to be what's going on with him yeah I mean I, I gather the same thing Rahm's gonna Rahm has seen Rory step out there he's got a young family he lives in uh you know he lives in Scottsdale area and so I think part of his was from, from friends I have out there that he was gonna have to you have to fly over to Palm Beach State, right, where this is, and, and West Palm Beach, and play, and then you're, you know, private jetting back to your, if you're playing a tour event that week, um, and they were trying to build it around most of their schedules, but not all, you know, he's, he's coming back and forth, PGA Tour policy board stuff, he doesn't want to have to be crossing the country a lot, he wants to just focus on playing, and if this live opportunity, depending on where it goes, I mean, he's no dummy. He's got a, a bag waiting on him if the tour doesn't get their situation figured out. Um, so, and, and now Tiger Woods is really involved in it, which I think is the best thing for everyone because he's a very smart guy, very intelligent. He's also connected to private equity, and they need to let him and some of those other guys take the reins here and do what's best um, for golf in general. And I think he knows – you know, he's got to get a deal done because it makes all of his records, you know, that he's he's worked so hard all his life, and that's been all what it's all been about for him. All those wins and all that, the tour has to stick around. And I think that's, there's vested interest from him. 
I think he's the right person to lead them, give an experience, give them more time. But on the positive, he's committed to the, the hero. So I was told on Friday that he thinks now that his foot's fused that he's going to play probably double what he thought he was going to play prior to the surgery, you know, maybe five or six events. He thinks that there's a 10 or 12, maybe 14 event schedule for him out there now. He's well. swinging at it great. I, uh, I am so excited about seeing where it goes in 2024. I, I guess, Casey, the one thing that bothers me, and this I probably shouldn't even bring this up, and it happens in all sports now, there's just, I mean, I, I love the competition. I still love watching them, but we're in an era, I guess we always have been to some degree, but more so ever than now, where, where sports stars are celebrities, and the detachment between... And that's one thing I love about golf is you can be right outside the ropes. You can be right next to these guys when they're playing. You can't, you know, you don't really get this kind of access to any other sport the way you do um, with golf. Even with basketball, when you're on the court side, there's still there's still limits. But um, I just think that the golf has gotten so big that it's. I, I go back to the, the the and I knew you played for the majors, but. And that's where we're going to get to Pat and Kazire in a moment. I'm more now, almost more. Gra- I gravitate more to guys that are that are that are still playing the sport, grinding a little bit. I mean, these guys are celebrities, and it's it's TMZ, and it's you know, am I going to turn down these millions to play in a TGL league, or am I going to take the million? I, it's just I worry about long term health when we have put these guys up to the point where by the time they're 30 years old, and and I don't know if I guess if you want to compete, you want to compete, but they're so financially set that. Where's the incentive to be great anymore? I mean, I guess it just has to come with within, Casey, because financially, most of these guys are, are if they're good players, they're millionaires, and now they're going to be millionaires coming out of the college tour already with money guaranteed to them. They're millionaires in their 20s, and I'm not sure that that's healthy for the game. I know that sounds crazy, but well, what I, do you I, make I would of say, it? Well, I would say there's a lot of segues in this of stuff that we we were scheduled to talk about today, too, and it has to relate to Patton, because I love the Goldberg who won this week, but, you know, Golf can also leave you quickly. So I don't blame them for all trying to get paid because we've seen a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of announcers out there that their games left them and their announcers for a reason are guys just gone. So, hey, I believe in capitalism and go get all you can. But I get where your your point is. I'm glad they're making it easier for the named college players to make it on tour and have a path to the tour. And so it is going to accelerate the age of players getting paid earlier. And a lot of that has happened. I mean, they're all could thank Tiger Woods for this increased acceleration of their wealth. Uh, I think they all know that. And, um, and he never let the wealth really get to him. He, he still had that old school mentality grind when, and you, you know, yeah, he's obviously had nice things and made a pile of money, but uh, these other guys, I see what you, you see, you know, we've heard some stories about the guy who we follow the closest who's allowed the money to affect him. There was a story that came out on that last week from current players, uh, which is not a good thing to hear, right? So you hate to hear that. Um, and that is directly, you nailed the point there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but you look at a guy like Eric Cole, who finished third yesterday, right? Eric Cole, this was his first year to make it on the PGA Tour he, for, in 13 years. Previously on tour, he had made $30,000 this year. He just kept grinding, kept kept digging it out of the dirt. He finished 43rd on the FedEx Cup list for the year. He made 5.457 million, and he made 26 of 36 cuts, 13 top 25, six top tens. I mean, he has literally, you know, just just grinded away on many tours, 
never, I mean, earned one check before this year on the PGA Tour. So you do, you do get to see that, and you, you love to see those type of stories. And that, that guy in years past, that would have been a, you know, fifty percent less of the money that he made. So um, there are still great stories, and some of, you know, the bad part about it is I remember the PGA Tour is going to be going after they are asking all of their uh, sponsors who host tournaments to now pay money so they can increase the the uh, purses. Like the purses are plenty big enough, right? Uh, pretty crazy that, that that also leaked out last week that they were going to be asking their tournaments. Well, the, the, you know, sort of ratings, everything's reached a cap. So um, they're going to have to bring on some private equity. And, uh, you know, Tiger Woods has the ability to lead that as well due to his name and image and, and everything includes Tiger Woods being involved and Tiger Woods being back playing some golf. If he's going to be involved playing golf, you know, we've already seen what his effect is. Well, now one of those great stories, Tuscaloosa's very own Pat Kazire is an example of what I love about the PGA Tour. Childhood goal to get there. He loves the tour, loves loves the what it means, is loyal to it. Uh, these are the these are the guy, good player, uh, but but not a superstar. But these are the guys really at the, at at the heart of it. These guys are the tour. All right, to me, you know, they're going to be out there. Guys like Pat Kazarian, and guys that aren't as accomplished as him, uh, that are out there grinding every week, playing and and you know not worrying about you know endorsement deals and celebrity this and blue red carpet and and you know switching to live. They're 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 loving what they're doing and they're playing for the love of the game and you know, the emotion spilled out of of uh, Pat Kazarian on, on what it means to be a tour pro and and the disappointment on being just outside the one twenty five. Yeah, I mean, Pat Kazire is uh, one of the nicest guys out there, well-liked by everyone, uh, obviously Tuscaloosa native. He finished just outside, you know, what top 125 has full status. Uh, he finished 130, 129, sorry. Um, and, and, you know, he still made 1.161 million, you know. He's earned 11.7 on course for his career, probably another 10 off the course. So he's, you know, he's set, but... You can sense and tell by his interview where he broke down. He was crying. Uh, he's kept his card um, since 2015. Since he's been on tour, right? So he's, uh, he, you know, he's he's has two career wins, and it obviously means something to him. He'll have conditional status this year, as a, and and there's some past champion stuff that he gets more starts. So he'll be in a lot of events. He won't be in the elevated events, and if he plays well in those events, then he can get in other events. But I think it was probably more of I just wanted the pride of keeping his card, um, and so uh, you know, in years past they would have it would have relegated him too in that category to the Corn Ferry Tour, but they did it a little different this year. They've changed it given the calendar, and now he'll have conditional status on the PGA Tour and probably get you know eighteen twenty starts instead of thirty six starts. So he's going to go have to make you know make K when he can and. Um, it seems like I, I think probably another. I know his coach, and I think another reason why uh, he's probably upset is his game started trending as of late. And so you know you're trending, and you feel like you just need a few more weeks, and you could, uh, and you're really close to that cutoff number. So uh, no one likes to see the streaks broken, and uh, he's had a card for a while. And, and I really, from what I gather, most think he'll he'll earn his card again. I, I think he's got plenty of game, and um, you know you're going to have a bad year here and there, and. Uh, should have a really good year next year. All right, before we get to the Iron Bowl, right? I, I, you know, I've said before. I, did, that, I wanted to hit on this. I did uh, want to hit on this. Do I, I don't know if you watched the RSM. I did want to hit on this. I don't know if you watched the RSM yesterday, I but didn't. 
Ludwig Obert, who shot minus 29 to win, he may be one of the most impressive years I've ever seen. I mean, really, in like a flash. He was the Haskins Award winner this year in 2023 in college golf, the best college golfer. He... They made a rule, like sort of. He didn't even realize that he could even be on the Ryder Cup team. And someone at the tour office told him if he signed up for this form and this form, and he could actually have some eligibility. So he does. He goes and wins on the DP World Tour. They choose him as a captain's pick. He wins the Ryder Cup, and now he just won his first PGA Tour event in eleventh in his eleventh start. He's had fifty rounds on the PGA Tour this year, and his eleventh starts thirty rounds in the sixties. 20 rounds in the 70s. He just uh, tied the PGA Tour career scoring average for 36 holes. He finished with a 61-61 to win. I mean, the guy is literally a phenom. He's Jeez. a more athletic. It's insane. If you, if you and a great kid, uh, he's from Sweden, but uh, I think he's, he's moving to actually Tallahassee, Florida, now that the season's over. But he shot at minus 131 this year uh, on the PGA Tour. That is insane 68.47 stroke average it, like you, he will win a major uh and if he stays healthy he is going to be a household name for everyone um good looking kid not you know nice by all accounts from everyone he has no holes in his game and i mean you know you're 22 years old and you've gone out there and, and you had you know roommates in college and living in an apartment to You've won twice in a few weeks, and uh, he shot 29 on the back nine in round three at Sea Island. And I played there 50 times, and I didn't, I mean, 61-61, I mean, I just don't even see how that's there. 29 on the back nine, and it was also a little cool windy. So congrats to him. I mean, that that is a, uh, a really, really incredible few months for him. All right. Um... That is, and hey, listen, I got real. I, I'm not going to be able to ask you my last question because I do want to get your thoughts on the Iron Bowl. But I'm going to have an unpopular take again, and I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm. I just don't get it. The way these kids are coming out of college now, they're 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 they look like you know football players, basketball players, Dunlap's another phenomenal athlete, six two, six three. Just dial the golf ball back in, man. It's not that hard. It, you, amateurs, let let us play anything we want. Let us play a ball that, but you could. Nicholas said it, and he's right. You could dial this golf ball back in by twenty yards, and you wouldn't have to make courses obsolete. You wouldn't have to grow rough that's six inches tall. You wouldn't have to have greens that you can't sit a glass of water on it without it spilling over. I don't get it, Casey. And you golf people, oh, you can't do that. Why can't you do that? Why can't you reel the golf ball well, back in some? You can, but the cost is, the cost is going to be passed down to you and I. It's not going to be passed down to tour players so they get their equipment for free. So someone's going to have to pay for that. I think the better solution would be is cut the tee in half. If you cut the tee, if you if everybody feels like that, that's going to happen, then you cut the tee in half. I sort of am at the point of celebrate this these accomplishments and celebrate the athleticism. You know, I mean it's. Yeah, I'm hitting it further than I've ever hit it, uh, but also learned to hit it that way. So I think that if you want to do something that's the most cost-effective way of the game, if they if they cut the tee down, because, I mean, I, everyone's tee at high, let it fly. It's all about creating the launch where the ball's not spinning in the air. It's optimal launch. And, and due to technology, everyone knows how to do that. So if you cut the tee in half, you're going to probably dial off about 20 yards, 30 yards off the tee for your, your best hitters. And really everyone's going to, it's going to reduce that number. Um, so yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's the most cost effective way to do it. 
um, to not have to pass the fees down to all of us. Okay. PGA, like we said last week, PGA Tour, professional golf and regular golf are just two different things. Absolutely. And the bad part about that is regular golf is on fire, and we would have to pay. Okay. The fees for the PGA Tour. Fair enough. You understand it. You understand the equipment. All right, real quickly, Casey, uh, 30 seconds on how you think the Iron Bowl will play out. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think, you know, this is a bad Auburn team, home and away, and uh, I hope we go in there for blood and uh, make a statement and, uh, you know, stomp them while we're down. I love seeing uh, Caleb Dallas back there returning punts. I feel like we continue to, to work on all of our weaknesses. So I love where this team's headed and excited to be in attendance uh, week after next over here on my home turf and time to get those dogs. But first things first, let's beat the bugs. Thank you, Casey. Yes, sir. All right, 10.52. We'll take a break, come back and wrap it up. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Didn't get to any Nick Saban clips, but that's the usual. They played them on Wimpenberry. All right, we'll be back after this. You've got the inclination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Increasingly cloudy and mild today. The high for this afternoon around 71. Rain and thunderstorms moving in tonight. There could be a few strong storms involved, the low 59. Tomorrow, cloudy and windy. Rain ending during the morning, the high 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. For more from Tide 100.9. Let's it fly! on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Ten fifty-five. Welcome back in. A couple more minutes. Hey, listen. Uh, Noah has uh, uh, really encouraged people to download the app, and it's just awesome uh, to have the app. I've had so many people tell me, "Man, I love the app." But also, uh, and I'm sorry I have not re- responded to people. I've got to figure out how to do that. Uh, but Noah's got some some messages on the app that uh, and questions and so forth that he wants to get in before we close out the show. Yeah, we we got a comment uh, from Ronnie in South Carolina about the uh, looks like the Auburn game. Says, uh, Gary, look how tough Auburn played Georgia. I feel like this is the Auburn team Bama will see. It would make Auburn season to knock Bama out of possible playoff team. With a big win, Bama has momentum to take Georgia down. But if Auburn plays Bama tight, I think Georgia will be hard to beat. Yeah, uh, I, I, they're gonna, you're going to see a better Auburn team than you saw Saturday. There's no doubt about it. And they did play Georgia tough, but Georgia still won. And um, this Alabama team right now, I, I, feel, I feel confident. They're going to go down there and play well, too. And if that happens, I just can't see Auburn winning. What, winning. what else you have, Noah? Hey, uh, from Mailman Jerry, we got, uh, I promise you uh, this, that Auburn ain't rolling them trees this year. Uh, somebody needs to make a video showing how the whole world said Tide was finished. Starting with Paul Feinbaum, how we talked about Saban when he referred to him as Papa. He said he didn't know what was going on. He lost it. Um, and don't forget about uh, Uncle Gary Harris, how he doubted us. <laughs> I picked Alabama to lose one game at Texas A&M. They lost one game to Texas. But, hey, listen, appreciate all the comments on the app, and we'll continue to do that because uh, – and I'm going to get with Noah and figure out how I can respond to him. But uh, uh, a lot of fun. Listen, today's the first day of three in a row, all Iron Bowl. Tomorrow uh, – Wednesday as well. We're going to be jamming it all in. I want to thank Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law, for sponsoring this second hour. And a reminder that uh, I'll be back tomorrow on Tuesday, and we'll have Drudy Arman uh, to preview the Iron Bowl from his perspective. Also, we will have the Tennessee Titans report with Kayla Anderson and the Titans right now. It's hard to watch them on offense, man. They are 
poof, they were struggling. But that's going to do it for today's show, Miller's Edge, with uh, Corey Miller, Pastor Payne, and former Alabama edge rusher and NFL player Christian Miller, both of them former NFL players. Christian Miller coming up next, and then it's Big Noon Sports from noon until 2, and then uh, Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game. That's going to be cranking this afternoon from 2 until 6. For Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll talk to you again in the morning at 9 a.m. to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.